You are now listening to the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. Here is your host, Blaine Spencer. Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. You know who I am. I am your host, Blaine Spencer. I've got one of my regular guests coming back for another appearance, my good friend, Joseph Ciccoletti. Joe, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on. I know we've been kind of playing back and forth to get this set up these last couple weeks. Absolutely. Doing well, Blaine. Doing well. Just uh, surviving the holiday season. You know what I mean? You go out, you go out to your stores, you buy a couple shoes for the family, this, that, and the other thing. You order Amazon nowadays. So, you know, just spending money left and right, just like the MLB free agency right now. Oh, what, look at you already snagging that all in. Honestly, I've just been so bloated from Thanksgiving still these last two weeks because I just ate way too much food. And then I just laid in bed. And then, of course, like how you said, buying stuff on Amazon. My whole family already knows what I've got them because we share an Amazon account. So, like, there's that. <laughs> so, like, everyone knows what they're getting from me for Christmas. I was like, well, that sucks. You're going to have the better smile on Christmas morning. <laughs> exactly. Just don't even wrap it. Just, like, leave it in the Amazon box and call it a day. Oh, I did because I ordered them all separate in different packages. So, I know each package is what. <laughs> very nice we are thriving on this thursday morning but we're gonna jump into some football talk i know it's been a minute because last episode that i had was an interview with eastern washington wide receiver nolan Holm. so if you haven't yet go check that out he gives some great insight into the college football world as well as the life of a wide receiver and how their techniques go in and out but check that out but joe you're a philly guy let's jump right into probably miraculously how our two favorite teams are arguably in the best division in football right now and that is the nfc least so to speak now it's nfc best but um your birds 11 i think 11 and 1 now like what are you seeing from them like artistically as a team i know washington makes me feel happy is the only reason that you guys have an L. but um talk to me about your birds I mean, the birds are hot, man. They are. I mean, the vibe is incredible here within the Philadelphia area. Everybody's hot. Everybody's feeling well. Um, big divisional matchup this week versus the Giants. I mean, anytime the NFC gets together here with a divisional matchup, it's always going to be a tough one. It's going to be a defensive bout. Um, but, yeah, Hurts looks good. He looks like the clear-cut MVP um, right now. Uh, I mean, you've you got a guy. Mahomes, then. You've got him ahead of Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got a guy that against Green Bay went for what 150 yards on the ground, and the next week goes for 300 plus against Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, I think on the calendar, you looked at their schedule, and that game last week versus the Titans was the game to be like, okay, here's a really true test. You're talking about a ground and pound team, um, works off the play action. How are they going to be able to stand up? And the Eagles came out and just dominated them, beat them at their own game. I know I was one where I took Tennessee plus the four and a half. Um, and I was like, you know what? I think the Eagles win this game, but I think they only win by three. Next thing I know, they're up 21 points. Um, it's just they looked really good. Their offensive line is playing incredible ball right now. Um, Hertz is playing great. Miles Sanders looks like he has returned back to form. And, I mean, God, let's talk about this. A.J. Brown literally got a GM fired this week. <laughs> so there was that too. So no, the, the team looks incredible. They look like they're the best right now in the NFC East. They look like they're the best in the NFC. Um, you know, that, that can be said. Oh, without question, you have to put them as the clear front, clear front runner. And I think it's kind of 
think it's sickening that obvi- that arguably Dallas is the second best team in the NFC behind them. But um, I I think you nailed it right on the head that AJ Brown made. Did you, I don't know if you've seen the clip, but Ryan Tannehill went up afterwards. AJ Brown, he was like, "You really gonna do us like that?" He's like, "I gotta do something to rub it in everyone's face." <laughs> And yeah, just like, he just was a man on a mission that last weekend. You could see that Jalen was feeding him to make sure because I, you could tell that there was some bitterness to that move from this offseason. But I think this was a telling sign. Like you said, you took Tennessee. I had Tennessee covering as well, especially after these last couple weeks of them. You're seeing mixed a mixed bag in Philadelphia, right? You had. Green Bay absolutely torched them and make it a game somehow, even with Jordan Love playing in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And then you had them struggle against Indianapolis. You had to have them score at the final two minutes. The loss to Washington, which Eagles fans are still extremely bitter about because of all the missed calls by the officials. And then even that Texans game the week before that on that Thursday night wasn't overly convincing. So I think that was a telling sign that you're seeing the Eagles start to develop and finally have their identity set in fold that we kind of seen from earlier on the season. They went that through the, a little bit of a lull, especially with how the teams that they were playing against record-wise were looking, right? So it almost took like they took a pedal, a step off the gas, and then they laid it back down and played to their uh, A game, so to speak, this last week against Tennessee. I mean, I think it's like any given Sunday kind of thing. Like, any team can beat any other team. That's just how it is, and that's just what it's going to be. Like, yeah, even though the Texans are, what, 110 and 1 or 111 and 1 now, like, they're still an NFL team. They can still win a game. Like, anything's possible. Um, even when Washington came into town, like, no one really kind of expected Washington to even be close in that game or even win that game. But, like, in the end, it's Monday night. You know, Heineke came out and balled out, and that's just how it is. It can happen. That's what that's what the beautiful part about NFL playoffs is, is, like, any team can beat any other team. Um, like, I always revert back to that Giants run back in, what was it, 08 and, and was right. it 11 or 12. Like, both them runs, they came in as a sixth seed and, like, just somehow would win games and then ended up winning the Super Bowl and beat arguably the best team ever built um, with the Patriots. Like, it's just any given Sunday. and um, you know, it's always tough to predict the NFL uh, week in and week out. Like we say, the Eagles is best on paper right now. They're 11 and one. They look great. But like there could be a team that comes along and I don't want to put names out there. But if Tampa Bay gets healthy, you never know. Like the offensive line could get healthy and boom, Tom Brady's right there. Like it, it's just any given Sunday. Anything can happen. You perfectly segued into my next question for you because <laughs> you obviously were already thinking about Tampa Bay. And what Tom Brady, I know you already admitted off air that you passed out before the game ended, but I stayed up and watched the GOAT go to work in those last three minutes. I mean, New Orleans kind of handed them that game towards the end, but still, you give you put the ball in Tom Brady's hands with in that fourth quarter, and they've got a chance to win the game. All bets are off, but you're going to take him 99% of the time to get the job done. And in that final drive, he scored. They called it back on a penalty, then still scored with a couple seconds left. Mm-hmm. Just this man has no limits. I feel like, honestly, unfortunately, with the divorce with Giselle, he's actually finally come into his own. I feel like that burden's kind of been finally lifted off of him. 
off the field that you're starting to see him try and amp it up on the field. I personally don't think the off the off the field stuff has really been giving him the issue. If I really, really have to, I if I have to say anything that's like been a leading cause, it's his O line. Like I noticed once Jensen got hurt and now Worf's got hurt. He has played significantly worse. Like I know they're on what are they three and one over the last four or or something of down yeah, that nature. And they they gave the Cleveland game away. So, but like they're not winning convincingly any of these games. Like they're winning way too close. Like he has to make this incredible comeback most of the times. So if not, um, their rushing looks horrendous. Like Fournette's averaging like two and a half yards a carry. Like White's barely averaging two and a half yards a carry. Like the only way they're kind of they, the only way they're moving down the field is like these dink and dunk plays. Like Godwin's getting almost 12 targets a game. Rashard White's getting eight to targets. Same thing now with Fournette back. Like that's the only way they're getting the ball down the field is like these dink and dunks because their offensive line cannot hold the pressure. Um, but I think once Werfs comes back, um, I don't know if Jensen is is. I don't think he's very. Doesn't look good. Okay, so if, if Worf definitely needs to come back, that's the first thing um, because it needs to protect his blind side there. But I, I think once if you see that offensive line somehow form back together, there's a shot that four seed in the NFC South, Tampa Bay could potentially come out. Like I, I don't know, they could win a game or two. They could beat Dallas, right? Like who? Like Dallas looks great. They looked great last year, right? Then they get that home game versus San Fran, and they lost because of God, who knows what, like because of some clock stuff, right? That's the blame rule. But like, I don't trust Dallas. I still won't. Like, I just don't get it. So, well, I, I don't think anybody's going to truly trust the Dallas Cowboys unless it's their Michael Irvin, basically, so to speak, <laughs> as his hype man in Dallas Cowboy history. True. Um, but as it comes to the Bucks, I mean, you're right. They've only scored over 22 points once this season, and that was against Kansas City in a shootout. And they yeah. that was honestly just them scoring some garbage time touchdowns towards the end, right? So yeah. they their defense is not the issue here. I mean, they're saying they do have some injuries in their secondary, but they're still holding teams to like their top five in points per game allowed. Like their defense is going to keep them in games. But this their offense feels so eerily similar. To Tom's last year in New England. There's just so many different nuances that you're there trying to think. They have to be so methodical down the field just for them to give themselves that scoring opportunity. So that just creates another, uh, self, honestly, an interior battle within the team that they have to be so patient because of, like you said, they are not explosive. They look slow. They can't block. There's issues galore all off on the offensive side of the ball. Mike Evans and Tom feel like that they haven't seen, never played together. That's what it looks like this year. Other than and Goblin's coming off an injury, so you, and Julio is in and out of the week lineup every other week. There's just no consistency there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But again, it comes down to this: is like Brady needs a security blanket. And that's what Chris Godwin is right now. That's what Leonard Fournette is, and that's what Rashard White is because it's an easy short targets. Evans Evans is an outside receiver. He needs a little bit more time to develop. Well, you can't get time to develop if you're getting pass rushed within two two to three seconds. Again, it comes back to the offensive line for me. Like, the offensive line's healthy. If they can block the edge rushers, um, they'll be a lot better. Like, you kind of saw that first half of that Monday night game. 
Brady was getting pressured and pressured and pressured so much. And then he started missing throws deeper when he did have the time because he thought he was getting pressured. Um, and, and let's be honest. I mean, the Saints are an okay defensive team, but they're no juggernaut here. They're no San Fran. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, they're on paper right now, Tampa Bay should make the playoffs. I don't see Carolina jumping them. I don't see the Saints jumping them. And I know Falcons, man, but, like, I don't see them jumping them either. So, you don't see your Falcons giving making a run? No, but did you hear breaking news right now? Desmond Ritter has been named the starter after the bye week. I mean, we talked about this earlier on when you, we came on that we thought that this was going to be the timeline that we would see Ritter if they were going to make that switch. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you going to do, though, if you're – I mean, honestly, that's an interesting move because it's not like Mar- Mariota's played bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. He's been I- solid. I mean, the team has given away a lot of their games this year. Yeah, I – Last week kind of really gave me the telling on, like, the writing was on the wall. There was multiple plays where, like, you got a six foot three, six foot four wide receiver in Drake London, and you're, like, overthrowing him on, like, a curl route. Like, right. come on, man. Like, you got to start being a little more accurate. Like, when you got games that, like, you know, you're, you're only passing the ball for 180 yards, and, like, it's not like their ground game was, you know, great. Like, that's a problem for me. Like, offensive line on paper has been playing actually decent ball. Um, Lindstrom has actually been one of the best guards, yeah. actually the best lineman right now in the league um, for us. So, it, yes, it's time to make the switch. I've been talking to a lot of my buddies who are Falcons fans as well, and it's just at the point now where you need to, like, let Ritter play, give him the give him the end, give him the four or five games to end the year. Um, you know it's going to be bad. You're going to have your bad times, but you need to see some flashes. You need to see something. You need to see what you're going to get out of him before you go into the draft in this offseason right now. Um, yeah, that's the big thing, I think, for the Falcons here. Um, even if they made the playoffs, they weren't going to win game one. Right. Like, you're going to most likely go up against a, a Cowboys, right? Or, you know, God forbid the Eagles drop off, probably the Eagles, right? I'll take this 10 times out of 10, you're taking Dallas or the Eagles over the Falcons. Um, that's just what it is. So, um, yeah, and I think it's a good move. I think Smith should have made the move probably a week or two before, but I understand what he was doing. Um, you know, the team was actually winning with Mariota. So I think that was a good choice there. Well, cause what these last couple games, it was Pittsburgh, Washington. Like those are two games that you guys had. Those were your guys' games to lose. Like, you guys, Tur- Mariota got the tipped interception at the in the goal at the goal line in the Washington game when you guys were going in for the lead. And then the Pittsburgh game, like, that's a game that, like, you shouldn't lose with how bad Pittsburgh looks this year. But, like, yeah. I'm trying and to it- look at it right now, like, no, those are those like the two recent ones. Oh, with opportunity towards the end of that game, so it's not like you guys had it was written that you guys were going to lose, but still like, but you're right, like 13 of 24, 167, a touchdown and an INT. Like that's not going to get it done against Pittsburgh at home, too, so to speak. So, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Like I said, I think it was a smart move by Smith. He should have got it done in a week or two, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, if you want to talk about the NFC least, um. You know, you kind of move that to the south right now because they look like dog shit. All four of them look like all terrible. four teams are fucking off. 
um, where you look the opposite way, and the NFC East looks great. I mean, all the teams are they all over five hundred right now? Um, yeah, I could be everyone's wrong. over five hundred. That's yeah, all like of, every. Yeah, I think Washington's right now on the outside looking in because of the tie with okay. the Giants. So the Seattle's in there right now, but like um, I think now with Garoppolo hurt for San Fran. That door, the whole NFC West and is now wide open with how this NFC playoff picture looks. So I feel like the NFC is definitely the weaker division in comparison to the AFC. But I didn't think that we were going to see so many teams actually look better than what we initially thought. Like for me as a Washington fan, like Washington's already at their win total that I freaking set for the year. Like, no, that, no, that that's fair. I mean, I didn't think nobody expected Seattle to be the, where they were. I don't think people expected the Giants to be where they were. Um, I don't think, but I also, on the flip side, people, I don't think people expected the Rams to be where they were, and I don't think correct. people expected Tampa Bay to be where they are. Um, so you got definitely flip flop there. I mean, the NFC North's only going to have one team. Um, the NFC South's only going to have one team. So you have to figure out what's going to come out of the West and what's going to come out of the East. Um, I think ultimately, yeah, I'm not sold that San Fran is dead in the water by any I'm means. I'm not either because honestly, Purdy looked pretty good. <laughs> yes. And here's my thing. And I, and tell me if you disagree or agree, especially being out West, you see a little bit more probably and get a little bit more out of the Western market. But if there was ever kind of a team to need a replacement at quarterback and be able to like, just plug and play kind of thing. It's San Fran and their offense and Kyle Shanahan. Oh, no, I couldn't agree more. They like they honestly can just the way that Shanahan runs his offense, and you could see with how Garoppolo and Purdy play, it did it didn't look different at all. Right? It's all it is is just get the ball out to your playmakers and let them make the plays. Like it's not like they're taking so many deep shots down the field. Like exactly. it's all set up within the system. With Kittle, Samuel, McCaffrey, like you're just trying to get those three guys the touches as much as possible. And like, so to speak, like when you have Brandon Ayuk as your fourth option, and he was and he leads the team in receiving yards, like yeah. that's kind of a great thing to have if you're a San France fan. But like, so you can't rule them out. I know Purdy had a good game, but that's also because no one expected him to be touching the field at all this year. I agree. So the one thing with him when he came out of college in Iowa State was he had all the arm talent, but he made his decision making was an issue these last couple of years, which is why he fell so far in the draft. Mm-hmm. Because he had that great Iowa State had that great year a couple of years ago, where they were knocking on the door in the Big Twelve, but then they've been mediocre, even though they had Brees Hall and Brock Purdy. But you, so you're trying to figure out. Will he make those correct decisions? I think Shanahan will give them the opportunities with how his offense flows to honestly be like, all right, one, two, throw it away. Like, don't even try and get to your third or fourth option. Like, we're just going to simplify it. But, like, you also know it just as well as I do. Sam Fran isn't the type where they're trying to take big shots down the field. They want to get the ball in their playmaker's hands as soon as possible and let them make the play. Like Debo Samuels literally was a running back good chunk of last year or catching the ball behind the line good chunk of last year and this year. CMC is one of the best with the ball in his hands, especially when he gets it handing off or just out of the backfield. You know, Ayuk, 
I don't, I mean, again, I haven't watched a lot of San Fran, but I do know a good chunk about San Fran. A lot of times it was a curl route, a slant, just a 10 yard over the middle. It was nothing like a deep shot over, you know, over the, you know, over the top. Um, And I think that's why, like, like I said, like just replacing a guy in terms of Jimmy, like Jimmy was never the type of, he was slinging the ball 30, 40 yards down the field, you know, and now if you put a guy like Brock Purdy, like I said, I don't know much about Purdy, but if he's a competent backup quarterback, you probably can succeed. And you also don't need to win games by scoring 24, 31, you know, 42 points. This defense is the best in the league. It's been shown. It's been proven. And they've held their defense, I think, what, over the last four or five, they held their opponents under 10 or 17, something like that. In the second half, they've only allowed seven points in the second Exactly. So if you could hold this, hold your opponent under 21, so you got to tell me all you need to score is three touchdowns, you got a shot. And I think Purdy can do that. Oh, easily. And with what D'Amico Ryans is doing, like if he doesn't get a head coaching job next year, like something is smelling fishy if, unless he turns it down just to stay in San Fran. But if he doesn't get an offer, like the way that defense has been humming this like this year and even last year, like you'd be you'd be stupid not to like try and get get your hands on him as a potential head coach. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, but like I was having a discussion with a couple folks so far. It's like, you know, now with the injury, if if San Frank can somehow get a number two seed out of this that's going to be best for them because you're going to at least get two games at home. If you do win the first, um, however, hard. I, yeah, I know. However, if you have to go to Philadelphia and go through them, uh, it's God's going to be tough. I mean, you got a rookie quarterback then coming out one of his maybe first or second in Philadelphia prime time. It's going to be tough. Like it's, uh, it's, it's an atmosphere here. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a, it's an atmosphere. Same thing with like Seattle. If you got to go to Seattle, I know it's a divisional foe, but like, you know how Seattle is come playoff time. It gets loud. They're the 12th man. They're known for it. Um, you know, probably some weather's going to somehow be in effect there too. Um, it just, it's just all going to come down to it. And if San Fran can play their cards right and somehow get into a two seed, um, maybe even a three seed, you know, I think it's, it's for the best for them and their and their playoff success. Yeah, the problem is, however, is that with, I mean, Minnesota's schedule towards the end of the year is so easy now the rest of the way. Like, mm-hmm. they're, I think they're going to be able to hold on to that two seed while San Fran still has some tough games. Like, honestly, now with Purdy back there, Buccaneers this weekend's no is not a gimme now with how both defenses look. Then you're in Seattle, like you said, on a short week. Like, no gimme there. Washington looks better than what we've all expected. That's not going to be a gimme game, even though it's at home. Then you have the Raiders and the Cardinals, so you probably give yourself two there. But you got to probably win three or four, three out of, go three and two the rest of the way to hold on to a potential three seed. And there's no way Minnesota's going to lose three games by that point out, I think. so. I mean, there's a possibility. I mean, like I said. I mean, the Vikings don't look great. Let's be honest. Like they're the probably the weakest, second best team record-wise in football that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean their offense is dominating. I mean that's no questions to ask unless it's prime time. Um, their defense is suspect. That's the issue. That's where you need to take advantage of them. Um, you know they got the Lions this week. Somehow Vegas has them 
as the underdog, which I don't know, but Vegas always knows. That's what I always say. Um, you know, so they got the Lions this week. Divisional matchup, again, you never know what division matchup. You got the Colts after that. Yeah, they probably should win, but I don't know. Like, you never know. Jeff Saturday could have this team ready to rock and roll, and they could do right. something. And then, um, actually, it's on a short week. That's a Saturday game. And then uh, then after that, it gets kind of tough. I mean, you got the Giants after that. Giants on paper has been good. They, I don't know how they're winning games, but they are. And then Green Bay, in Green Bay, on New Year's Day. Mm. Depends Never know. Rodgers will be playing. That's true. That is true. But I think Rodgers is going to want to play. He's going to want to try to, you know. Put it to him a little right bit. Right the shit. <laughs> yeah. And then the last game, I mean, it, it, probably at that point, maybe they're not playing for anything. So that's the reason why. Right. So it's the Bears. But, like, it's the Bears. I mean, they're not that okay. good. So, um, so yeah, no, I mean, you're right. Like, Vikings probably have their, you know, have it out for the number two seed. That's for sure. But, you know, like I said, to go back to it, if San Fran can find a way to somehow get to the two seed, it's going to be set. They'll be nice. So. It will be nice. Let's jump to the AFC. I want to get your take on how the honestly, like the AFC East, very similar to how the NFC East has looked. Completely uh, raising eyebrows. I mean, who would have? I mean, I had the Patriots as the third team in this division. I didn't think that they were going to be in last. And kudos to the New York. Honestly, New York sports is like. I mean, they've been exceeded expectations, and I know this, New York is like bumping right now and i that said this a couple weeks ago i was like do not fall for it new york sports always have and always will let you down when you need it most so don't get too ahead of yourself new york fans but i think the biggest thing that i want to talk about is i think arguably that this afc you have your 1a 1b and 1c right you've got Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati. I'm going to put Cincinnati now in that conversation. Baltimore, sorry, you're on that lower tier because I don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be able to get back on that football field again. All right. So, okay. but I think it's it's not just the Chiefs and the Bills. I think the Bengals deserve to be in that conversation. I was worried about them the first couple weeks because they looked like they had nothing going for them, and they've righted that ship. So. I, uh, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say, um, my thing is, is this, it's all going to come down to like, who has the home field advantage. And here's my reasoning why it's because you got, nobody wants to go to Buffalo. Nobody, yeah. Nobody wants to go to Buffalo and nobody wants to go to Kansas city. Like Kansas city is no fun in the winter time, yeah. January, February, but you know, let's let's talk about it like this. You got a team like Miami that needs to now come to Buffalo. And I this know they go there. Week, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, next week. I think it's it's next the Jets. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, all right, like Miami's not got to go there, right? But now let's put it on the flip side, right? What happens if Buffalo, you know, loses a couple games, right? They Maybe they take an L versus Miami again. Um, and maybe lose another one down the line. And, and Miami goes on a win, winning streak, and then they got to play at home, right? So that's going to be great for them. And I don't think this is going to happen because of the weather in North America, but, like, what happens if it's, like, a 100-degree day again in Miami, and it's like they played Buffalo, and Buffalo just, like, did not know what they were doing. Like, they were they were exhausted. They, were, um, they weren't conditioned 100% when they played. Um, do I think that's going to be the weather case? No, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be 70, 80 degrees. It's going to be a great day, great day for football. But 
um, you know, like to say, like you might have to go to Buffalo where it's like windy and snowy and it might be good for Buffalo, but also it could be bad for Buffalo. Like, right. do you remember that game, that Monday night game versus the Patriots and Josh Allen couldn't even throw the ball more than five yards because of the wind was like 40 miles an hour. And um, all the Patriots did was hand the ball off. Exactly. They still won that game. So exactly. So, uh, you know, it just comes down to like where stuff's going to be, but let's, let's avoid all that talk. Um, you know, I'll stay away from all that, but yeah, I think Buffalo um, looked great to start. I think, but ever since Josh Allen got injured with his elbow, they haven't looked the same. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't looked the same. Um, they're running the ball a lot better than before, um, but I think they knew they had to do that um, to succeed um, in the league. Now, um, Kansas City looks great. Like, yeah, they took a tough loss to Cincinnati. It's going to happen, but. Um, Cincinnati, Cincinnati also looked good and shut down Kelsey. Um, so I think it works both ways. I don't want to say it like this, but I still think Cincinnati could, is probably the number one offense in the league when Jamar Chase is healthy. That's a, it's a, it's not as outlandish as people would think anymore, right? With how lethal these guys are offensively. Like, and like the way they looked was like, I mean, Mixon was out too wasn't like they were at full strength like they chase was not definitely probably not 100 percent yet but he was making the plays down the stretch when you needed him to higgins makes a couple of big time catches and pirine who would have thought samaji pirine would look like a factor in that game right so mm-hmm. there's so many different nuances with the afc especially because it's so you're just you want it's going to be shootout after shootout like it's going to be and if those three teams end up playing, whoever plays who, right? Who has the ball last? That's how it feels like with those three teams. So just because of how potent they are. I mean, Buffalo has looked more suspect because of his UCL injury. Like, honestly, I thought Josh Allen was going to be Tommy John. Like, that's what it looked like and sounded like from the initial reports, right? And yeah. they're just going to shut it down. So, but Singletary has come on now. I think that's been a huge component with them, which is why they let Zach Moss go, right? So he's getting like 60 to 70 yards, which is making teams think about the run. It's not like they're going to be overly running the ball, but they're running it enough for the other teams to respect it, which I think has helped. Yeah, I mean, if you look at them, though, like exactly what you said, like it's going to be a shootout. And again, I've kind of noticed this, especially over the last year or two, where like your secondary doesn't really matter as much because as long as you have two to three good pass rushers, like that's all you really can do is you can just you just have to pass rush these quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes can get out of it. But Patrick Mahomes can make any throw in any spot. Josh Allen is kind of getting to that point now. Joe Burrow looks like. You know, he can just throw wherever he wants and his wide receivers are going to go get it. Um, and I, I don't think there's a cornerback on this planet that can cover um, Diggs or can cover Jamar Chase. Um, you know, I think that's just what it comes down to be. But like, if again, you kind of seen like a pass rush needs to be there to even have a chance versus that other team. I mean, and Von Miller at, out now torn ACL. That's a huge loss for Buffalo. Huge, yeah. I mean, they had Ed Oliver, who I mean, I love that Ed Oliver ever since he came out. Um, but yeah, Von Miller was huge for them. That would have helped them out drastically. Um, Kansas City, Frank Clark is a beast. Like, dude's incredible. 
Um, and who is it? Oh, I'm drawing a blank here. Who's number eight for them? It's the defensive end. Eight is it? I think they isn't it Ingram? Is it Melvin? No, Ingram? no. Oh God, he, I'm pretty sure he came from Cincinnati, actually. Oh crap! Hold on. I'm drawing a blank, but anyway, he's another dominant pass rusher um, that Kansas City has, and then they got uh, Karloffis from Purdue. Um, too. Right. So another like again, like they have the pass rushing, and Cincinnati they have uh, Hendrickson, and um, they got somebody else. Hubbard. Hubbard. Yeah, that's it. So like the, again, you just need like kind of that stronger pass rush duo that every once in a while is just going to get you that big sack that you need. Right. Um, Again, like, and it just comes down to like, yeah, the secondary kind of matters, but it doesn't. Like, Tredavious White it's was Dunlap, Carlos Dunlap. That's it, Carlos Dunlap. Yep. So it comes down to like, yeah, your secondary could just be okay and manageable because if you have a great pass rush, you don't need to hold on to the wide receivers as long. Right. Um, you know, like when we were, I was watching the AFC West match with um, uh, Kansas City or not Kansas City, excuse me, uh, the Chargers and the Raiders last week, mm-hmm. like. The Ra- like the Raiders should have lost that game. Like on paper, the Chargers are a better team, but because Max Crosby and Chandler Jones were just wreaking havoc in that backfield, that's why right. the Chargers lost that game. Um, you know, like it just comes down to all that. And I don't even want to get into the Chargers talk, man. I'm so yo, they are so they are so fake. But I was actually gonna I wasn't gonna ask you about the Chargers, but how like what like is. Is Nathaniel Hackett done in Denver? Like, it, I oh, feel like yeah. I feel like he's a one and done. Like, because you're not going to move on from Russell after spending all that money. They have looked god awful. I think the burning question here is why? Like, what is going on? Like, why is this happening in Denver? Like, do you, do you have an answer for it? Like, I honestly, I know that. I mean. They had that little fiasco, was it last – not last weekend, but the weekend before, right, where the defensive tackle started screaming at Russ. But because the defense has, been, has played lights out. It's not – the defense is not the issue. Like, this team cannot score if their life depended on it. It's worse than the Tampa Bay situation, right? So it's like – and it's not like you don't have the pieces. I just feel like their offensive line has been has been really bad. So I'll give that a little bit of the blame. But I think play calling has also been awful. Like, there's no separation. There's no creativity. Like, they're pretty much – and then they can't they can't run the ball if their life depended on it since Williams got hurt. But they couldn't really run the ball with Williams in the lineup. So they're, they're, that team is just an absolute mess. And you got to give Russell some of the blame because he has not made the throws that he usually makes. So, like, honestly, like, I've got a conspiracy theory that, like, his success in Seattle, right? Like, what was Seattle doing that was making Russell thrive? And what is Denver doing that is, have, that is completely the opposite, right? So, it's not like he, it's not like he went awful overnight. I mean. I love, I don't know if you've seen. Somebody on Twitter is doing that he has more bathrooms than passing touchdowns for the last what week are we in? 13, 14 week. And he thought it was just gonna be done after like three weeks, four weeks, right? I don't remember how many bathrooms he has. It's a lot. Like it's a it's an absurd number, like thirteen or something like that. But it's oh. still it's there's still a chance that it could finish out 
the year that his bathrooms are still more than his passing touchdowns for this year. How many passing touchdowns do they even have? Even it's now? not a lot. It's not a lot. Don't get me wrong. I have to take a look at it, but it's not a lot. Oh my um, god! You know what this? Re- you know what that reminds me of is when um, Cleveland was so bad with Baker that first those first couple of years, and then I think you you probably I know you watch a little bit of first take when Stephen A. Smith was like ripping Baker Mayfield. He's like the man's got more progressive commercials than wins, mm-hmm. and it's just like oh my lord! It just reminded me of that. It's like don't get, and he goes like don't get me wrong like the man's a great actor. Great for progressive, but like, man, it's got to win a goddamn football game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That but on the situation for him is completely falling off the rails. Yeah, I think he might be done. He might actually start uh, tonight. I don't know when you're going to air this, but he might start tonight for the Rams. Hopefully, that's what I was told. Hopefully, this will be out right now. After, oh, okay, after all right. This done. Okay, do you, yeah. Do you, do you start tonight? Would you he start? might. Uh, no, I would not. But I would go Wolford. Uh, Wolford's injured right now. That's the so issue. So it's gonna be Bryce Perkins tonight. Yeah, the like I just don't think Baker like knows the playbook yet. Like they that, sent that would it be... to him on the plane apparently. Okay, yeah, but like, I mean, Sean McVay's playbook like it's got to be nutcase, right? I mean, I feel like he's eerily similar to Shanahan, plug and play, plug and play type of deal. It's not like they're gonna overcomplicate it, but like, but now they have no weapons to get the. To get the ball to other than Van Jefferson. Like Whoa, whoa, whoa. They got two two out twelve. <laughs> Don't give two it's two two on your fantasy team. Is that why you're trying to hype him up? No, there? no, no, no. He's a good receiver. You know where he came from though? What you know what college he came out of? He had one good game last week because he had to play. He doesn't even yeah. step on the goddamn field whoa, if whoa, Cooper whoa. and Allen Robinson are even healthy. Whoa. <laughs> Come on. Don't throw him under the bus like that. He came from a great he's college, a great dude. Player. He's a great player at Louisville with Lamar. Yeah. But that was a completely different Louisville team, all right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> can't but, stop anybody when they break. <laughs> but I do want to put on the flip side for the Denver stuff real quick before we put it to bed. Seattle looks great, right? Like, oh, my Lord. And Gino, we trust. How, how, how smart does Pete Carroll look right now? Honestly, I mean, how honestly, the biggest thing that has after Gino's looked so well is like how how close was this competition if they said Drew Locke it was literally the flip of a coin that Drew Locke was the favorite coming out of camp. I I don't know. I mean, I want to so go back because like, I was like, is Drew Locke going to be putting up these same type of numbers? I'm like, there's no shot. No. But I'm also like. But you're also the one thing that I have to give kudos to Seattle is that you finally somebody has finally emulated something that Gino was successful at in college. Ball placement. You give mm-hmm. him time, he knows how to his ball placement, his accuracy was his calling card coming out of school, right? That was never the situation that he was putting with the Jets. That was never the situation that he was putting with the other three or four teams that he's been jumping around. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I mean, we go back to our preview that we did, um, and we talked about a couple – we touched on a couple of the divisions. Like, we never thought Seattle would even have more than four wins this year. Oh, no, we, I, had them, I had them as a top five in the draft. Yeah, like, <clears throat> everybody and now thought – right now they're the seventh seed in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, they look good. They're playing, like, as a team, and I think – I mean, you didn't want to really say it, but it looks like Russ was, like, the cancer on this team. Well, that's what um, they've been throwing slow jabs at all throughout the year. That one person 
was so focused on himself these last couple of years, and it kind of took away the team component. Exactly, and it's not like this team is like just relying on like one thing. Like, let's just say they're just like relying on their defense, or they're just relying on the rushing mm-hmm. game. Like, they look good all around. Their running game looks great. Their offensive lines are playing really solid. DK's getting the ball. Tyler Lockett's getting the ball. The defense is actually playing decent ball. Um, and now they have potentially a top five pick, um, and then still their own first round. Um, and then it's also beneficial that like Gino's playing well because it looks like they don't need a quarterback now in the draft. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking You've got about a bridge guy now for another year or two. That looks like probably. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like, Oh, like we need to take, I don't know. Let's just say we need to take CJ Stroud or like, Oh, we need to take Bryce young. Like, no, like they can go get a guy like a Will Anderson or they can go get a guy like a Jalen Carter or, uh, his name Bryce Murphy out of Clemson like they can go get a guy like that or if they want they can go get a tackle like another tackle to be on the other side of Iquano um you know like they really set themselves up and now with kind of this winning atmosphere and now potentially having a franchise running back in the backfield um they're kind of set up man they're kind of set up and with Seattle they are just they're, it's complete football, right? It's not like they're, like you said, it's not one set or the other. Gino put, Gino is arguably the most accurate quarterback in football this year. Yeah. And if you're a Denver fan, like you must be sick to your stomach that like what they gave up and now they've lost this trade and it's not even close. Yeah. It's crazy to think about because yeah. honestly, fans looked good. It's not like then you have Walker was the draft pick from that trade. So you're like, my goodness. And then, honestly, people don't give Tyler Lockett enough credit as a, as a number two wide receiver. Like, no. arguably, I think Seattle's got the most underrated receiving group in football. Like, Marquise Goodwin is a solid number three option as a speedster, right? Because yeah, he's a I mean... true player to stretch the field. I, I like mean, their one-two combo, Seattle's, is probably, what, top seven in the league? Oh, yeah, without question. I mean, there's definitely, like, a couple that just, like, are, like, one, two, and three. I mean, Chase and Higgins is, you know, fantastic. Uh, Hill and Waddle in Miami's like, great. Right. I mean, that's just two I know all the time, and I really would have to start thinking through it. Uh, I mean, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown's still pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. So... I mean, Thielen and Jefferson, like, they're pretty good, but, like... Davis and Diggs. Yeah, yeah, but, like, Metcalf and Lockett are pretty good. Oh, like, yes. Like, on paper, oh. like, I, like, I don't know if Metcalf surpasses a lot of them names that we said as the wide receiver one, but Lockett could definitely be better than a lot of those wide receiver twos that we said. Oh, easily. Um, But, yeah, no, I agree. Like, they have... They have that, and like you said, Goodwin's been pretty good for them, too. He's come along well. Um... I don't hate their tight end. I don't hate Disley either. Yeah, Disley um, and Fant, not stop. Those are solid two tight ends, too. So yeah, like- yeah. Um, and they're running – I mean, Walker's look good so far. Um, yeah, like I said, like I think they're really set up well for the future and, uh, you know, hope for the best for them. That's all. Well, I don't think Pete's going to retire now after this year like he <laughs> thought he was going to. <laughs> no, I don't think so either, man. I don't think so either. All right, Joe. Before we wrap up, I want to get a little bit. I'm gonna throw you a throw you a throw you a quick question here. 
Mm-hmm. What do we got? Has what was your original Super Bowl pick? What do you have beforehand? The one me, the me getting excited one, or the me like a, initial one. Initial, like your actual realistic. What was your guess? I don't know if I said it on here, but I for me it was Bills and San Fran. Okay. Are you yeah. are you sticking to your guns? Would you stick to your guns right now with Bills and San Fran? I'm gonna have to, like, yes. But if I had to like replace bets now, I'm gonna I would probably change it to the Eagles. I mean, I think that's like kind of the obvious one in the NFC. Right. The AFC's wide open again. I might have to go to the Bengals, man. Wow. Yeah, back to back. Mm-hmm. I might have to go with the Bengals. They're starting to get hot just at the right time right now. Well, that's the one thing that I feel like people don't understand about football. It's not the best team most of the time all year that makes it to the wins the Super Bowl, right? It's the team that gets hot. Like you mentioned, the Giants. They just got hot at the right time, and they found a way. Green Bay, when they won their Super Bowl, got hot at the right time. Was the last team in, like most of these, like Bengals last year. Yeah. They were like the four seed. Like they were, no one expected them to make it to the Super Bowl, and then there they were. Yeah. It's all about when you get hot at the right time. It's not always the best team that's been there on paper throughout the year. Like the Rams, Rams weren't the best team last year, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl, arguably. So, Rams look. I don't know. The Rams were like one of they the were, best they teams were, last they year. They were up in that discussion, right? But you can make the argument that they weren't the best team throughout the season. Yeah, I, I guess that could be said. Yeah, but like I thought they were the kind of weren't they more the clear cut number one in the NFC? Maybe not clear cut, but like they were probably the number one. I had Tampa Bay, and Tampa, and because the Rams had to go to Tampa Bay in that playoff game, the Rams were, it wasn't like right. they were yeah. hosting games. So I guess you're right. Yeah, well, because the, the Rams hosted what the NFC Championship game. Yeah, because San Fran went into Green Bay and beat them. Yes, that's correct. Because Green Bay was the best team throughout that last year. You're right. That is right. So that is right. I think that's right. LA was the three last year. I think you're correct. Yes. Because the NFC East was probably the four. Right. I think that's right. Yes. Yeah. Wait. No. That's wrong. I'm sorry. Dallas was four. Eagles were seven. Eagles were seven because Eagles, Eagles played Tampa Bay. Yes. Rams hosted Arizona. Arizona. That game was a dud. Mm-hmm. Niners went to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Then Niners that, won. That went out. to Green yeah. Bay. Yeah. Rams, so. Rams went to Tampa. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to, our history is not that far off. No. We can barely remember what we did yesterday, but we, we still remember our football somewhat. Oh, sh- I can go all the way back, man. I try to go all the way back. So, um, but yeah, no, like I said, if I had to replace my, I'm gonna still go with San Fran and uh, the Bills, just because like that's the bet I have. But if right. I had to replace today, I mean, I still think it's the Eagles, and I'm I I like the Bengals, man. I think they can. They really proved a lot to me this past weekend against Kansas City. Right. So I still have, I had Bills Bucks. I had Tom, I believed in Tom one last rock time. Definitely not taking the Bucks again. We're gonna stick with the Bills because okay. I think if they don't get it done this year, they're not never gonna get it done. I don't think wow. in this okay. wide open AFC. Okay. I think they're gonna. I think because they have the Jets and the Dolphins, both teams that they lost to these last two weeks, 
they're going to run them out of the building at home to secure home home field. It's going to run through the mafia. I'm still going to ride the Bills. And then, yeah, I'd probably switch it to the Eagles. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like it. Yeah. But, my man, I appreciate you coming on for the final whistle. It's always a pleasure having you on. Always I mean, a good time. It's man. always a good time. Always a good time talking uh, talking football. We got to get into some golf stuff later. Oh, um, yo, did you see Charlie's? Did you see Charlie's swing last week on Twitter? I did. It looks good. Looks very yo, good. He looks huge too. Yeah, yeah. He grew up uh, since what last year. Um, yeah. No, he looks he looks really good. Um, we have I think the match too is coming up soon. So yeah, Saturday and the McRoy versus Thompson Thomas Spieth. Yeah, I think. If I'm not mistaken, I think Woods and McElroy are plus 125. Y'all take that right now, people. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, so that'll be good too. And you know, we're Tiger starting to get not gonna let Tiger and Rory are gonna. They might. Well, the issue is it's only 12 holes, right? So like, you can, it's not like a full 18. So it's like, how do you like judge that, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, golf's definitely coming back. Um, Yo, it was a huge success, man. Yeah, it held its own, man. It really did hold its own. Um, I saw actually a couple people are, uh, I believe, playing in the next Open tournament that they have. Like uh, two people of well-known names is Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley. Um, they're going to play in their uh, Open tournament sometime in January, I think. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, so it's we'll see how it all works out again this year. Um It'll be interesting, but yeah, golf's coming. College basketball is just starting back up. Um, you know, oh, the sure. NBA is kind of getting in the swing of things. Um, yeah, it's coming along, man. So we'll, I'll definitely have to be on again soon, and uh, we'll get into some more so discussions with there. So absolutely, sports, sports, sports are in full swing now, which is always nice at this time of the year with everything pretty much going on, other than Major League Baseball. But like we said, like all those signings are taking place. Like Trey Turner going to your fills, that was a nice little, nice little cupcake. You guys spent way too much money, but that's how baseball works. So, <laughs> but Joe, always a pleasure, my man. Uh, definitely keep in touch. Have you on sooner rather than later, my friend. Absolutely, great time as always. All right, everybody, enjoy your day. That was another episode of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. <laughs>